Please be seated. In an academic journal article simply titled Patience, Margaret Heblethwaite makes the claim that Jesus was one of the most impatient extremists the world has ever known. Well, that claim caught my attention as it is a bit provocative, like where is this going? Well, she goes on to make her case by observing the following. Jesus was so eager to be about his father's business that he began wandering off to discuss theology at the age of 12. And we know this to be true based on what we find in Scripture. He wandered off and just started talking to people. That's Jesus. His first recorded words of preaching were to announce that there was no time to lose. Luke's account of Jesus' first preaching message expresses the nowness of salvation. It's now. It's here. And we need to act. And when Jesus delivered that first message, people didn't respond so well. Those in his own hometown wanted to throw him off of a cliff. Like, we have to get rid of Jesus. So, Jesus left. And he went to Capernaum and preached again the same message. The kingdom of God is here. It's now, in Capernaum, in a single day, here's what Jesus did. He teaches and heals in the synagogue. He goes to Simon Peter's home and heals his mother-in-law. He heals all the sick of the town. And then the very next day, he announces that it's time for him to leave. Heblethwaite explains that we cannot escape from the fact that the sensible patient course of action would seem to most of us to stay where you had made a good start and build up a community by staying with it for a reasonable length of time. That seems to make sense. However, Jesus doesn't do that. She continues talking about how he put together his team of close followers the disciples. Jesus doesn't talk through the pros and cons of entering into a new way of life with him. He doesn't send the potential disciples back home to pray about the opportunity and to talk with other trusted mentors. No, he walks along the seashore and just calls people to follow him. And what we find in Scripture is that there were many who left everything and just started following Jesus. Heblethwaite points out that sometimes Jesus refused to wait when waiting seemed like the reasonable thing to do. He heals on the Sabbath day, even though waiting one more day or waiting just a few more hours could have helped avoid giving offense because in Jewish law, you are not supposed to heal on the Sabbath day, but Jesus does that even though he could have waited for the next day. Jesus then brought his dramatic ministry to an end in the space of three years, the conclusion being his death 
end resurrection, and then he returned to heaven. So, is Jesus one of the most impatient extremists the world has ever known? I think that's an intriguing question. Was Jesus impatient? I don't believe so. And I don't think that Jesus was impatient because we often think of patience as letting go of things or ignoring what bothers us. That's what it means to be patient. We just ignore all of that stuff in hopes that it turns out somehow and some way. But that's not how Jesus approached life at all. He was actually patiently active. And we see him doing this over and over again, even though he acted in quick ways, and even though his actual ministry was just a short period of time, he was patiently active. Heblethwaite ended her article by stating that Jesus, here's what he does. He leads us way beyond any ordinary, everyday, worldly understanding of patience into a deeper calling. Interesting. What is that deeper calling, though, that leads to patience? Because I think if we knew that, we could all benefit from this deeper calling of patience. So what is that? Today we come to a discussion on the virtue of patience, which I believe is something that will help us to become rooted in Christ developing and getting better at the virtue of patience in our individual lives will help our roots to grow down deep into him. So we're going to think through this today. Patience is a close cousin to the virtue of self-control, which we talked about last week. So patience and self-control, well, they often run together. Here's a question just to get us thinking about the virtue of patience. How long does it take for you to lose your patience? How long? Now, some of you are elbowing the person next to you. Not fair. Just think about yourself for a moment, okay? How long does it take you to lose your patience and do you have a lack of patience story? Is there something that just causes you to lose it a little bit? My lack of patience story involves my yard trimmer. I have a very stressed out relationship with my edger. I don't really like it, but it is a necessary tool. And every time I take it out into the yard to edge, I pray. And it sounds like this, dear Jesus, please help the string to last. Because replacing the string on an edger is just a disastrous thing. You have to take off components and you have to wind up the string again. And there is a spring. And if you let go of the spring, then the string unwinds. And I'm thinking it's 2022. There has to be a better way to do all of this. I would rather buy a brand new edger than take all of that stuff apart and try to wind it back up again. Now I just call a friend, and he comes, and he helps me with my edger. I have no patience, no patience with the edger. I don't like it. I'm sure you have a story 
where you occasionally or maybe even regularly lose patience a little bit. How long? How long does it take? Well, author Randy Frazee captures it this way, and perhaps if it's not the lawn edger for you or another piece of equipment or your phone or someone close to you that causes you to lose your patience, maybe you'll find something in this list. Here's what he says. Traffic, deadlines, <laughs> annoying people, standing in line, being put on hold, irritating people, watching a file download, being told a check is in the mail. Again, frustrating people, bad ideas, inept information, incompetent people. These are all things that often cause us to lose our patience. So today, we want to think about the beauty of this virtue and how can we develop it a little bit in our lives. Because when we do, and if we do, it will cause our roots to grow down a little bit deeper into Jesus Christ. So here's our big idea that will frame the rest of our conversation. I would encourage you to take out your talk notes, fill in some blanks as we walk through this. Here's the big idea. Being slow to anger and enduring patiently under the unavoidable pressures of life is a better way to live and will help us become rooted in Christ. So there are a couple of key phrases here, being slow to anger, and we'll talk about that, and also enduring patiently, and we'll discuss that as well. But when we put these two things together, when we are slow to anger and when we purposely choose to endure patiently through everything that comes our way, well, this is just a better way to live and it will result in our roots going down deep into Christ. So as we think about patience, I want to roll out three thinking points. Here's number one. God is patient. And I think we need to start here because understanding that this is a characteristic of God will help us think about how we should probably extend patience to each other, and we should also be patient in the hardships that we experience because God himself is patient. With your Bible or your device, would you please join me in the Old Testament book of Psalm, chapter 86, we're going to look at verse 15. This is actually a prayer from King David. And he's expressing some thoughts about God. And here's what he says. Psalm 86, verse 15. But you, O Lord, are a God of compassion and mercy. And here comes a key phrase. Slow to get angry. And you're also filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. Now, it's interesting that we're having a conversation about the virtue of patience, and the very first verse we consider, at least in this translation, it doesn't actually use the word patient or patience. But when you look at this phrase, slow to get angry, do you see that? I would encourage you to highlight that or to underline that because it comes from a Hebrew word that means to be long or to prolong something. 
So we could read the verse this way, but you, O Lord, are a God of compassion and mercy. That's you. And we like that about God. And get this, you are long to get angry or you prolong your anger. And what King David is expressing here is that our God, the creator, inventor, the one over all and above all, he is a patient God. He is slow to get angry with us and with the world, and that is great news. God is patient. He's patient. That's the Old Testament example. I want to look at a New Testament example, so please turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 2. We're going to look at verse 4. This is the Apostle Paul who's writing here, and he says this. Keep in mind, we're considering that God is patient, okay? Here's what the Apostle Paul says. Don't you see like, can't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and, will you say the word with me? Patient. Like, can't you see it? Don't you understand how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? So I think we all can personalize this. And it's a fair question to ask yourself right now. Can't you see? Can't I see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with me? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? And one of the points that's being made here in Romans chapter 2, verse 4, and there are many points and great thoughts in this particular verse, but one of the things that we cannot lose in this is the Apostle Paul just comes right out and says, can't you see and don't you understand how patient God is with you? He's really patient. The word patience here comes from the Greek word microthumia, and it means to be long-suffering. So we can go back to that verse and say, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and long-suffering God is with you? As we consider the virtue of patience, may we never forget, may we never forget how long-suffering God is with all of us, how patient He is with you and with me, and that should encourage us and inspire us to remember how good God is. And when we consider His patience, it should also challenge us to be a little more patient with the people around us because God is patient with him or with her. God is patient with them, and I should also be patient with the circumstances that I face in life. So that's the first thinking point. God himself is patient. That's good news for us. Because he is patient, we should extend patience to the people around us as well. So here's what's great. This Greek word, microthumia, actually comes from two words that have the idea of taking a long time to burn with rage. So the encouragement for all of us is be long in getting to that moment of rage where we tend to lose 
our patience, and that's actually our second thinking point. Take a long time or be long to burn with rage. This is the picture of patience, and I think that's a great definition as well. Take a long time or be long to burn with rage. Here's thinking point number three, and we'll spend a little more time on this because I do think it is often the most challenging for us. Patiently enduring with God through life's difficulties is the Christian's calling and reward. I want to say that one more time just so that it falls into your spirit because often this annoys us a little bit and we want to get away from it, but there's something about patiently enduring with God that is beautiful and part of our calling and our reward. So patiently enduring with God, not without Him. The good news is that He is with us through everything that we experience. Once we come into a loving and lasting relationship with Him, God will not leave us. We are His own, and He will never forget about us or forsake us. So patiently enduring with God through life's difficulties is the Christian's calling and reward. Here is something to consider. Just think about this for a moment. Is part of being rooted in Christ, which has been our year-long theme, we want our roots to grow down deep into Jesus, and we've talked about things to believe and core practices, and now we're thinking about all of these virtues that we need to practice as well. Is part of being rooted in Christ that God is looking for us to patiently endure with Him through hardship instead of trying to get out from under it? Which is often our tendency. And what we desire and what we want in life, and there's not anything necessarily wrong with that. It even fills a lot of our prayer requests. God, take this thing away from me so that I can have comfort again and be at peace. And God often brings us into those situations, and that's great news. But is part, just consider this, is part of being rooted in Christ that God calls us to patiently endure with Him through hardships so that we can find and discover what he wants for us. In Hebrews chapter 10, and I would encourage you to turn to that New Testament book with me. Hebrews chapter 10, here the author is talking to a group of Christ followers who were experiencing all kind of pain. And part of this was our scripture reading for today, but I want to go back to it because we want to think about how enduring with Christ through hardship and pain and not trying to get out from under it all of the time as part of our calling and our reward. So listen to verse 33 and following. Here's what the author says. Sometimes, and keep in mind, he's talking to believers here. He's talking to Christians. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten. Well, that sounds awful. And it goes on, sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. 
And when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew. You just knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. That would make for an amazing life verse, wouldn't it? Like, don't do it. Take it back. Walk it back. Do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. And then here's verse 36. Will you say these two words with me? Patient endurance. Yeah, patient endurance. The phrase comes from a Greek word. Those two words come from a Greek word that means to remain under. Again, we like to escape, but the challenge here as we think about developing patience is to remain under. So we could say, verse 36, this way, remain under, do that, or have patient endurance. This is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. The two words, patient endurance, comes from the Greek word, Hupameno, which means to stay behind or to await or to remain under. So when you get to verse 36, Hupameno, remain, stay right there, await, be under this hardship or this pain, or this circumstance, because there is something that God wants for you, and this is where we find God's will. That's exactly what verse 36 tells us. So the encouragement given, which is not great news, let's be honest about it. The encouragement given here is don't try to escape this thing, but remain under, patiently endure with God, following Jesus, Choosing to be rooted in Christ does not mean that everything is suddenly great. Christians experience pain and loss and hardship. It happens. Just helped two families walk through funerals over the weekend. And to spend time with them, you see the pain and you feel it in their cries and in their mourning but yet you sense the hope that Christ is giving to them as they remain under that pain and recall memories and give thanks to God for great time with loved ones. So often we want to escape from all of that. The challenge here is remain under, and Christians will experience hardship and pain and loss. You all know this to be true, and I look out and see so many stories and faces and events where you have experienced this, but yet here you are still hanging on to what God is giving to you. You are remaining under the challenges. Keep doing that because this is how we develop the virtue of patience. Often we want to get out because it doesn't feel good, but the encouragement here and the hope given is remain under with God because this is where he often does his best work in and through us and our pain. We have a patient God, so we can claim that. And when we endure with him, well, I believe we can get to a place 
where the words of Romans chapter 5, go back to this book with me, Romans chapter 5, verse 3, so when we remain under, hupameno, stay there, these words can become our story. Romans chapter 5, I'll start with verse 3, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. This is the same word, remain under. Verse four, and endurance. There it is again, it's the same word, remain under. Here's what it does. It develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation, and this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. As we think about developing the virtue of patience and growing this in our lives, let's not forget that God himself is patient. And maybe that's all we have to hang on to on certain days. God is patient, so I should be patient with the people around me, and I should also be patient with the circumstances in my life as well, because God is with me, and He Himself is patient. And may we remember to take a long time, or be long with turning to rage. And may we also remember that patiently enduring with God through life's difficulties is our calling, it's also our reward. So, here's how I think we can practice a deeper calling with this virtue of patience that is so challenging and so difficult. These are also our takeaways. I have five of them. Here we go, number one. Remind yourself that developing the virtue of patience takes time. Patience, right? So often we wanna be patient Right now, <laughs> like right now, I want this. And it doesn't generally work that way. We have to give it time. And I've come to understand that we often struggle with this and wrestle and even fail with being impatient. And then we grow and we take steps and we get a little bit better, but all of this takes time. I love what scholar James Bryan Smith says. In our spiritual lives, we cannot do anything important in a hurry. This is a great challenge for us in our culture, isn't it? Because everything's about speed and pace and what you accomplish. But yet, when it comes to walking with Jesus and developing all of these different virtues, but we're thinking about patience. Nothing significant happens in a hurry. We're gonna come back with another takeaway that will help us think through this. But may we just keep in mind, as we think about patience, it does take time, and we need to be ready to give it time. Number two, find a verse in Scripture to memorize that speaks to the virtue of patience. And I've thrown out all kinds of different verses. There are certainly more in the Old Testament and more in the New Testament. I would encourage you to find a verse so that when you're struggling with being long to turn to rage, you can recall this verse 
and just quote it over and over and over again in your mind so that you're transferring your thoughts away from what is causing you to potentially become impatient and turning it to God who is patient with you, with others, and with our circumstances. So find a verse and hang on to that. Number three, it's a question. Where is God calling you this week to remain under? Not escape, not get out and be free, although that may happen and that would be good news. But where is God potentially calling you this week? Let's just think about the next few days in front of us. What's there that God might be calling you to remain under? Maybe you have an appointment that will try your patience. Or you have some event that is on the schedule and it's there and you know it's going to be challenging. Where is God calling you this week to remain under and how will you approach that? You have the opportunity now to determine what that looks like for you and I would encourage you to wrestle with that so you can embrace it with a patient God. If you need help with this area, I would encourage you to go back and watch Pastor Derek Park's talk on July 31st that he gave here on the virtue of hope. So hope also is closely related to patience. And he just did a phenomenal job on that day, providing some scholarship and some practical ways that we can hang on to hope when we can't see it or find it. I listened to this talk driving back from Florida and was so moved. And as I thought about this particular takeaway, where is God calling you to remain under? If you're wrestling with that, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that talk from Pastor Parks because it will be very helpful to you. So where is God calling you this week to remain under and be patient with that? Takeaway number four, someone in your world needs a dose of patience from you this week. Who is that? Who is that? Maybe it's the person sitting next to you. Maybe it's someone at home or someone at work or someone in your neighborhood. I have no idea. But who is that person? And will you be ready for that? I understand we can't always be ready to practice patience, but with this individual that needs a dose of patience from you, will you be ready for that? And then number five, developing patience requires some level of slowing the pace. Because speed kills. It kills in relationships. It kills in really every arena of life. And if we don't slow the pace, it's really difficult for us to extend patience to other people that need it or to even look at the circumstances around us and patiently endure and remain under that. So perhaps this week you need to say no to some really good things and really good opportunities so that you can slow the pace just a little bit and patiently endure. I want to go back to Margaret Heblethwaite and her thoughts about Jesus being impatient because she wraps it all up this way. He, Jesus, leads us way beyond any ordinary, everyday, worldly understanding of patience into a deeper calling. 
And I've tried to roll out some ways we can embrace a deeper calling of patience with these takeaways. So Jesus does that. And here's what else. He, Jesus, leads us to lay strong foundations and to let roots grow deep with patient waiting. May God give us courage and strength this week. No matter what we face, things that we know about, things that we are unaware of that will come our way, to patiently endure and to wait and to remain under so that we can get a little bit better with this key virtue that deepens our roots into Jesus. Will you pray with me? Father, we are so thankful for these different pieces of Scripture and what they say to us, how they inform our thinking. Help us to be open to what you want for us. And God, I pray that you'd help me to be a more patient person, more patient husband, father, friend, pastor. And I pray that over everyone in this room as well and everyone watching online, that whatever our role or roles may be, that you would just help us to think about practicing this virtue of patience because it will deepen our roots into you and this is what we want and desire so that we can grow up into maturity in you and honor you with our lives. So God, we're going to get it wrong a lot of the times. We will. Help us to confess to step into your presence and acknowledge that and then move forward knowing that we are forgiven and clean and to begin again practicing the virtue of patience. So help us all. And God, I think our world needs this. In our communities, in our schools, in our places of work, what would it look like if there was a faith community that was practicing being long to get to that moment of rage? I think that would make a significant difference in our world. So help us to be that church. Help us to be that body of followers willing to make a difference and be patient with others and with our circumstances. Help us to practice this. God, no doubt there are many walking through very difficult things and it just seems impossible. Would you give some hope to them? Would they sense your loving arms in some way? Would you do that for them? so that they can continue to remain under really hard things. Help them, I do pray. Give us a great week now of patiently enduring with you and with each other. We pray this in Jesus' name.